Well, I want to thank Rob and Buffy and the family for coming and playing for us today again. And uh, they will, they'll be leading us one more song this morning near the end of the service. But thank you very much. And, uh, and thank you, Rob, for mentioning that what I forgot to mention that was they were here at the very beginning uh, to help us get this started. And it's just, you know, you look back and you see how faithful God's been. And uh, so they are very much a part of Harbin's. At that time, it was Milestone, but they're very much a part of who we are. So thank you this morning. This morning, um, we do have a special guest with us this morning. And before I introduce them, I just want to um, you know, say a little word about what we're doing here, why we're doing this this morning. As we mentioned last week, our focus for this year, we've got um, a few different ministries we're partnering with, but our focus is, is the theme, real religion. And what do we mean by that? Well, what we mean is James one twenty seven, where the Bible says, pure and undefiled religion pure and undefiled practices, pure and undefiled actions that we do before God, pure and undefiled religion is to care for orphans and widows and to visit them, to really, to visit them in their distress. And that's what we want to be, a church that does that. And so this morning we have um, a couple here, Keith and Kay Knapp, who are with Life Song for Orphans, which is one of the ministries we're partnering with this year. Uh, they are from Illinois. And uh, I'm not, I don't quite have the town down here, but do I understand correctly, you guys are farmers in Illinois, all right? So they, they're farmers in Illinois, they are, they are volunteers with Lifesong. One of the cool things about Lifesong, and they can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe 100% of the money that's given to Lifesong goes into the ministry for the orphans, goes to take care of them. And so that's a, that's a neat thing about this ministry. The mission, and they're, they're probably going to share a lot of this with you again, but uh, they, they've been involved in, in uh, Lifesong, I believe, for three years. And before that, they were involved in other orphan care uh, through some orphanages in the Ukraine. But um, the mission of Lifesong is to bring joy and purpose to orphans. And I like their method. It says this, we seek to mobilize the church, his body, where each member can provide a unique and special service, some to adopt, some to care, some to give. As we said last week, God's stirring up a spirit of adoption in this church, which is really neat. It's neat to see what's happening at Harbin's. God was stirring that up before the newscast was carrying stories about orphans in Haiti every night. Okay, everyone's thinking about orphans right now, and it's good. People need to be thinking about what we can do to solve the crisis, the orphan crisis in our world, especially right now in Haiti. But even before that was on the news, before the earthquake hit, God was stirring up that in our church. And so, as I mentioned last week, we're all cared, we're all called to visit orphans and widows in their distress, everybody. But how may be different for different people. Some, as this method says here, some adopt, some will just be caring for, some will be giving towards ministries that will take care of the orphans. But we're all called to be a part of that. So this morning, I would like to welcome Keith and Kay Knapp. So if you guys would come on up here, I'm going to turn the mic over to you. Well, we appreciate the invitation. Am I on? And you know what is so exciting is to see all the kids, and I mean that. This isn't going to be some boring presentation, I hope, but it's going to be involving the kids also. 
Um, in the back, we have uh, some brochures then talking about LifeSong, and there's stories about five-year-olds and six-year-olds and seven-year-olds and ten-year-olds. And that's really about the length of age. Uh, once you get more than 12 years old, the kids pretty much leave the orphanage in Liberia. But before I do that, I'd like to talk just a little bit about LifeSong. LifeSong has two arms, basically. Orphanage care and adoption. Kay and I are on the orphanage side. Um, we chose not to adopt a, um, in, in our life, uh, but we are trying to have our kids really involved in sending them around. Uh, we have a son who is in Darfur, Sudan, and um, obviously trying to help with the needs there in that situation. But basically, LifeSong started five years ago, five years ago when an individual sold his business put the profits into a 501c, and that covers all the expense of LifeSong, the, the administration costs. And so when you give to LifeSong for orphans, 100% of your donations go to that organization that you want it to go to, like if you want it to go to Liberia or you want it to go to the Ukraine or wherever. So that's one thing that's real exciting. We're volunteers. The whole organization is a volunteer organization. Um, I think we collected around $5 million last year and, and distributed that money. The areas that we work in presently, there's several that we're working on, but Ukraine has been really the, the benchmark one. That's where we started. There's huge needs in, the, in, the, in Ukraine when it broke away from the Soviet Union. Then there's three in Africa, Liberia, Zambia, and Ethiopia. And then we go to India and then to Honduras. And we're currently looking at one in Peru. So w there's, there's lots of opportunities with LifeSong. So again, we're, we're not here on the adoption side this morning. We're here on the orphanage side. And I'm going to have my wife just share a little bit why we got involved in, and how we were received in Liberia. I'd like to say good morning also, and we're delighted to be here. I, I have the same feeling sitting in the audience today that I had when we got to Liberia that this is right and this is good, and um, we're just really thankful to be part of this um, group this morning, and we thank you for your hearts of interest. Um, like we said, our son has been overseas for a while. Actually, he started off in Malaysia right out of college, and we were privileged to go visit him, who was it, three years ago? three years ago and he as he was taking us around and we were meeting his team there and we actually got to go to Aceh Indonesia also which is where the epicenter of the tsunami was because he worked there for a while um, we just both kind of looked at each other and said it's time for us to do something more um, in our personally not that we hadn't always been interested or giving or whatever but just how can we be involved on a more personal level and so when we came home we um, prayed about that, talked about that, and really wanted it to be something that was kid-focused, because that's kind of our passion as kids. And we knew about LifeSong because the founders were friends of ours, and so that was kind of why, what motivated us to say, okay, we're at the stage of life, and we have, we have health, we have a fair amount of flexibility, and we can, we can do this. So, so at that point, um, the, the director of LifeSong said, well, there's a need in Ukraine. And so we went to Ukraine in the summer of 2008, and certainly there is a great need. Um, we went back there this fall, but um, 
the work there was already fairly established, and so we weren't so, our hearts, our hearts were touched, certainly, but we weren't so grabbed by it, like, okay, now we know what to do. Um, and then the Liberia thing came up, and it, it was very, um, as God would orchestrate it, happened that the director of the orphanage in Liberia was in the U.S. on really a fundraising trip, and he was at a convention where he was looking for a sponsor um, because the funds just weren't happening. They, weren't, they were not able to keep the kids taken care of. So he was um, actually getting ready to leave the orphan conference and met up with the director of LifeSong, whose name is Gary, and just started chatting. It was at the end of the conference, and um, he was pretty discouraged, I think. So he and Gary started talking, and, and then Gary said, well, do you care if I videotape what you're saying? And no, he didn't, Emmanuel didn't care. And so he talked about his life as a street child and his heart for the orphan and, and all the things that he was trying to accomplish, and they parted ways. And so then when Gary got home, he contacted us and said, here's an opportunity in Liberia. We want somebody to go check it out. Would you guys be interested in doing that? And so we tossed it around, prayed about it. It didn't make sense. We were going to Ukraine already. How are we going to go to Liberia? But we actually found tickets that were workable, and so we combined the two trips, went to Ukraine for five days, and then during 10 flights total, we got to Liberia and back home. So, <laughs> so that's kind of how the connection started, and it, um, yeah, we just felt really sent to Liberia. When we got there, we were, we were just welcomed with open arms, and, and there was so much faith and so much need, as you're going to see soon, but um, I don't know, it was an overwhelming feeling of God really has a job here, and it, it was very humbling because the request that they made for us, I mean, they were saying we're living, we live by faith, and they really do live by faith in a way that I have never needed to, you know, and I think it's a lesson we can all learn from people who have a very different lifestyle than we do, but um, the point being that they had prayed, and then someone came, and and um, it, it, we are greatly privileged to be able to do that and partner with them, and we're just, we're really excited, so that's, in a nutshell, how we got to be Liberia, Life Song for Orphans. The verse that has always been really special to me is in, in Psalms 82, and it says, to defend the cause of the weak and fatherless, maintain the rights of the poor and oppressed. Those are four, those are four things that really describe the children of Liberia. They're very weak, they are fatherless, they are poor, and they do not have many rights. They really don't. Um, I just have a, a couple stories here, and then we're going to show about a 15-minute video. I've, I'm a little bit intimidated, though. I've got to be real honest. Steve told me he does a lot of video work. Uh, maybe we'll just get him out of the room for a while. Th this is amateur, maybe. So, so, but it, it does share, show what we did. But I was just going to read a couple short lines. Uh, this is about a five-year-old. Hello, my name is Quinta. I'm five years old. The rebels came into our village during the disarmament time in our town, and they took all the men and carried them to an unknown place. Since that time, my father have never returned. We, we, read, we heard that my father and the other people 
from our town were taken to the bridge and they were shot, shot them and their bodies thrown into the river. My mother died and the other woman ran to another district where my mother later got sick and became paralyzed. My mother died last year and the people give, give me to the home of champions to take care of me. I'm in first grade and when I grow up, I want to be a medical doctor. Um, just one more quick one. Uh, my name is Kima. I'm six year old. I'm an orphan. Our house in the village called Borama Village, did I butcher that? Caught fire one day and me and my brother was asleep. I, I, we did it in their language, so I'm not very good in the English, but that's how it's written. Okay, and we didn't know what was happening. My father ran into the house and took my brother out and tried to find me. He tried to get me out of there, but the house fell on him and died. I burned my foot in the fire. We have never seen our mother since we were born. I am now at the Masters, I'm in ABC class at the Masters Home of Champions. I also love Jesus and know that he died for my sins. I know Jesus loves me. When I grow up, I want to be a missionary to tell people about God. So, I mean, there's more. They're in the brochures back there for the family. But what you're going to see is a 15-minute is clip. And it may be hard to understand at times. I'm an amateur videotape guy. Uh, when, what it starts with is a, is a kind of a tour of the orphanage. And, and what you'll see is when we got there in September, they were out of food. <laughs> They were literally out of food. Emmanuel, by faith, took three years to build this orphanage. And by faith, the kids were coming. But he also, by faith, said somebody's going to supply the need. By just an act of the spirit, we were there and able to supply food and able to supply needs. So that's about the first five minutes. Then the next few minutes is just some general pictures of Liberia. and. And Abby and Steve have been there, and they were ready to adopt three. And then they are correct, like the same we understand, the adoptions were all closed down. And they are still closed down, hoping to reopen to get kids out. But right now it's still closed. And then the last part is just a few things since Lifesong was able to, to give donations, some of the things that were able to happen. So if you'd want to... Okay, so that was the, the short presentation. Um, the thing that I want to re keep reiterating is that this is an ongoing project. Um, when you saw that first well, that well has really become contaminated because during the, the dry season, they have a wet and a dry season, that it just shrinks lower and lower and lower and the contamination gets higher and higher and they spend so much money on, on different waterborne diseases. So we are digging another well right in the corner of the school, which is still on the same property. And it's amazing. They just, guy goes down and digs down and they put it in a bucket and bring it up. It's, it's so interesting that Steve, this morning you talked about cisterns because it's really is, uh, when you go to Liberia, it, cistern is where they get all their water. They are on the Atlantic Ocean. So I mean, there, there's 350 miles of absolutely beautiful coast. It's all full of junk but that becomes their waste and, and everything. 
Um, the thing that I, I wanted to, Kay to go over just a little bit with is just what we are doing in terms of the projects. And if you'd want to do that. Okay, you've maybe you've seen some of this, the monthly budget, I think on that display back there, you probably are already familiar with this, but we have um, committed, when we were there, of course, we said we are going to make sure that you can feed these kids because they were definitely thin. They, they, when they took them to the doctor, they said the kids are malnourished. There were times when they did not have any food for them. And I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm standing there in my American excess and thinking, oh my goodness. So we certainly committed that we will make sure that they have food to eat. That's our number one thing. But um, so we worked out a budget of $3,000 a month and it's, it's a pretty frugal budget, but that was intentional. We, our last thing we want to do is overwhelm them with lots of money and, and, and then in a sense teach them to be dependent on us because the living by faith is a really huge key to all of this. So the, the food budget is $1,000 roughly um, teachers get $75 a month um, the caregivers give get about $150 a month administrators 300 um, and then there's like $400 left over which has to cover gas and maintenance and medical fees and that sort of thing so as you can see it's not a very it's a very tight budget but it is intentional that way and we really wanted to give them a chance to succeed in even reporting how they're spending that money and it, it it took a while to set up the bank account and just I mean there was not a bank account before we were there and so they said we need you to teach us how to how to take care of these things because in Liberia as in most of Africa if you have something you're expected to share it with everyone and so they said to us tell us how much should we pay the teachers how much should we you know that way we are not you got you're telling us and we can say this is what our organization told us and it takes the um, pressure off of them to just give out everything because the need is endless as, as is obvious so so that is our monthly commitment is three thousand dollars per month then we have special projects as you've already heard about last week with the well um, so the other things that we're trying to do this month are as you can see there was a tank there that needed to go up on that tower and that we're trying to get that accomplished so that water can actually be piped into the orphanage because when we were there, there was no power, there was no um, running water whatsoever. And so, you know, you're taking care of 60 kids and that's just, it's an overwhelming thing. So trying to make life a little easier. Um, they do have a generator now, which they use only at night for a few light bulbs. So they don't have to use their kerosene lanterns anymore. Um, they actually have light at night. Um, we're going to be purchasing, they're going to be purchasing some pumps, a hand pump and an electric pump. And then as you can see, the bathroom project wasn't complete and so we're hoping this month to get the roofs on there and some doors and just a little bit more complete for, for bathing and bathroom purposes. So are, are there any questions? It's quarter till, I don't know, time-wise. <laughs> we're good, okay. But the other thing I want to keep going back to, you're really having an opportunity in a small window. The kids are about, uh, did we see anybody under three? Three to 12. That's because once they hit 12, they, un 
we hope eventually to move them into transition we're not there yet in liberia that's what we're doing in the ukraine we're able to take kids from the orphanage and get them into a transition and get them better educated and get them into jobs and that's that's our our commitment the four things with life song when we go these are this is our pledge we have trouble on the fourth one at times but no want for food clothing or shelter fundamental christian training and discipleship a quality education to provide a foundation for the future so we are very committed to christian education there's 60 kids in the orphanage going to maybe 100 but there's 200 kids that come to the school so every day there's 200 kids there so we are paying those teachers and they have a Christian education. It's definitely being taught Christian, and it's another wonderful thing for Kay and I. It's English, so we can go and communicate with everybody. And then the fourth one that's a little more difficult is continued love and support as they transition into adult living. That's our goal, long-term goal, but our short-term goal is to provide the first three. So age three to age 12, once they hit 12, unfortunately, they probably will just go walk back into the community and either become a street child we don't know but hopefully the love and the training they they have been given will help them in the future and and we'd love to be able to help transition them you know and to give them a higher quality of life so definitely i mean each one of you kids think about it i don't know how old you are but a lot of you are three to twelve in here aren't you would you like to live there no but you can you can bring joy and purpose to those kids, you're, you're same aged kids, and and that's what our uh, that's what we want to do is bring joy and purpose to those kids, those those three to twelve year olds. So, I'd like to entertain some questions. Yes. Yeah. Emmanuel and Ramona, the, the couple that you saw in the pictures with us, uh, just is a wonder. Uh, Emmanuel, I've gained incredible respect for. He was a street child from age 12 on. Um, he became a, a believer during the war. There was a Li Liberian war for about 14 years that was just terribly tragic. They did, Monrovia did have electricity and did have running water until the war. And then the bombings. I mean, you can still, you have to walk across where the bombs hit, you know, and it's just such a war-torn area. But he is such a man of faith. And he has a network of people who will be willing to work, and they do good craftsmanship. I mean, you saw that. When we got there, that's what we saw. They were just ready to start school. They didn't have, think about it, they were ready to start school in a week. They had the faith to believe that somebody somehow would, would uh, bring them school supplies, drawing boards, papers, and pencils. They were going to start school in a week, and they didn't have any of that. And we were able, through Lifesong, to give, to get them started. And in a week's period, they were able to start school. So there is, there are people there. Yeah, that's all done in Liberia. That was a long way around a question one. <laughs> okay, so yes. They decide that, correct. Anyone else? Any kids? Yeah, go ahead. No, I'll, go ahead. Yeah. Emmanuel and Ramona Jones. They live in Ramona, in uh, Monrovia. 
about a half hour. Ramona and Emmanuel were the ones who had the vision to start this orphanage. And the reason, this is a little gruesome, uh, um, but during the war, this rehab area, it's actually called the forested area, was where the, the, the mentally disabled people were. And, and a, a, one of the Bush soldiers came in and they tried to take refuge in there. The government found out about it and they just came in and just killed everybody, killed all the people. And so this became a place of the forest then. And this is where he thought would be a good place to build the orphanage because it is kind of out in the open. It's away from the big city and the, um, some of the, obviously the, some of the things that happen in the city you don't want to bring to the orphanage. So it's kind of in the rural area. And, and he had that vision that that's where he wanted to put this orphanage. Yes, and I'll, I'll let, because Kay understands a little bit more about Ramona. So, so Emmanuel's a pastor, and he is a church planter, and he uh, oversees seven churches in the whole area. Plus, um, his wife then is the administrator of the school and also teaches. The other job that they have is getting food there, like every two days, because there's no refrigeration, obviously. So the little vehicle, I don't know if you saw that in the video, but there's a vehicle that they have a driver for, and so... You know, every couple of days she has to go to the market, get enough food, um, and bring it out there for them. So she, it's a really more than full-time job, but they're doing quite a few other things as well. One of the other things they have, which we are not as connected with, is um, a home for unwed mothers. And like I said, the churches. So th they're, they're really doing a lot of things, but the orphanage is just one of them. With this orphanage, this particular, with Masters Home Champions? No, we are the only one. I. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, sorry. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be helping him so much. Should I? I was just going to say there were quite a few families that Emmanuel was connected with who adopted, American families who adopted Liberian children, and he would many times be the escort to the U.S. for those children. And so the, the funds for actually the, the physical building came from many of those families who were obviously invested in Liberian children, and so they wanted to be, uh, there to be a place there. That is how he got the money, but it was piece by piece, block by block, as the money came in. But Lifesong is, all the funds, U.S. funds now do go through Lifesong. There, are, there is a medical clinic fairly close. There's also a big hospital called John F. Kennedy Hospital in Monrovia. Um, they will take them to the clinic usually. Um, there's a lot of, you know, like we talked about waterborne di diseases, diarrhea. You have to worry about malaria. You have to worry about, you know, and, and the kids. Um, in fact, that's just a new prayer request again for the kids' health because it's, they're certainly at risk. They did not have them. When we were there, it was the rainy season, and so we expected hordes of mosquitoes, which 
pleasantly we were surprised we did not get a single bite, but they have purchased mosquito netting now for, for every bunk bed that you saw. They all do have their own mosquito nets now. They, this is, yes, they are just beginning to learn it. They have a teacher um, who's teaching them to sign. Many of them have come from the bush and they told us when we were there, most of them did not have a name. When they, when they got them at the orphanage, because they had no value in their, in their families or their society. So one of the big praises that we even got to see was the children who were deaf were able to sign us their own name, which was a huge praise and, and really, I mean, it makes you weep. You know, you just, you just can't think that a child would have no value just because they're deaf, but that's, that's what the way it is there. So they're, they're being cared for. I think there's a great deal to do as far as education for deaf, but at least there's a start. Pastor Edison, a lot of these, because Emmanuel is such a strong pastor, he is highly regarded in Monrovia. When you walk around with him, people would wave to him and that type of thing. And uh, so he, he has really drawn the Christian community to this orphanage, and, and a lot of volunteers come, and, and this Pastor Edison goes, drives an hour each way, or rides an hour each way, to come and teach these kids um, deaf uh, to sign. He would love to have a deaf and dumb orphanage. You know, he would love to start one. But obviously we have to do other things first. So that is one thing down the road we may be able to start a deaf and dumb orphanage then. So getting back to your question about the medical, um, just vitamins were so important. Uh, Broman out of Bloomington Normal uh, donated a lot of vitamins. The trouble is getting in there. Um, the packages, just to send a nice package, is, it's not that expensive, but they just want about $100 or $200 or whatever to get it out of. It's such a corrupt society, which <laughs> you have experienced. You said you tried to get a cargo shipment there, and it was $7,000. Yeah. So, I mean, but he, Emmanuel has, is pretty, sh is, I don't want to say shrewd. That doesn't sound good for a pastor, does it, Steve? <laughs> he, he, uses, um, he uses his persuasion. And he got that $100 down for those vitamins down to seven. But to think that just a vitamin is so important for those kids. These kids definitely look different since we were there. I mean, they were definitely very, very hungry. So, yeah. Yeah. We, when we were there, they, they said, how soon will you come back? Um, and they wanted us to come for Christmas, and they said, oh, we think you should stay for 15 days. <laughs> We're like, well, maybe not. But anyway, we intend to at least go yearly. Um, and as far as, you know, taking groups with us, that kind of thing, we would hope that that's something that develops. Right now, it would overwhelm them, I think, even to take a very, you know, more than a few people. But certainly down the road, we would like that to be, we intend this to be an ongoing long-term relationship. So, you know, the possibility of doing VBSs or even work kind of projects wouldn't be out of, out of the realm. It's just, it's just a little premature, probably right now, but we hope that that is something that will develop. So maybe some of you will be able to go with us at some point. Just once, yeah. It was in September, early September. Yeah, do you have a question? Say it again. It is not quite year-round. They take a month off at Christmas. So they were done like December 18th through January 18th, and then they go into July. So 
Um, middle of July to middle of September is off also. So it's similar to ours, just a little bit, little bit different. It, the rainy season when we were there, so it wasn't, it wasn't really, what would you say, 80 degrees, maybe 85. Um, we were, it was pretty comfortable when we were there um, in September, but it, it did rain a lot. Um, and obviously right now it's not raining at all. So that's a very different thing than it is in the US. Um, you have rain or not rain. <laughs> Very committed to school. I mean, they, the education they're very, very committed to. And for the kids, I mean, do you still use blackboards at school? Just think of only blackboard and chalk and you sitting in rows just like this. There'd be a blackboard here and the teacher, I would be the teacher and I would be writing the A, B, C's or, and then they copy. Everything is copied. There's, you know, there's no electricity, so obviously they don't, they're not using the internet, they're not using any graphics and that type of thing. So I mean, it's it's very, but they are very committed education, very committed education there. Other other questions? We we do. Oh yes. In Liberia, the, the construction is relatively poor. So I can see that as continual projects like water projects or the bathroom project or, you know, the school project. There's not even a gate on the front wall. You know, those things, doors at the school. I mean, it's just very open. It's, it's just very open. So, um, and the biggest thing I see is how big is this thing going to get, you know, by us giving a little bit of money, it's this is becoming, this is a nice orphanage now. I mean, you could go a mile down the road and you've been there and you've seen some pretty desolate orphanages and we saw them as we passed them. So, you know, how big will this get and if it gets bigger, do you add on and that type of thing? Probably. But, but right now, we're still trying to build the 3,000 a month base support and, and then just go by slow. They, they really recommend that in Africa. In Africa, you don't want to overwhelm them with money. You really don't. Because there, that's th what Kay said about the sharing is so so big. If, if, I, if I have something, and, and like Steve does not, I share it with him. When, when somebody dies, there, there's a person on, they, they usually put them on an old pickup truck and they'll be walking. People just walk out into the street and give money so that they can bury them properly, that type of thing. So. Oh, I mean, the area is wide, really wide open. It is in the country. So it would be, you know, thinking about if you needed to expand here, you know, you would just build another one just a block, just right beside it or something. Oh, there's, there could be, yeah. They could go up to 100, I would say. And there's 60 right now. No, no, there's no guard. But I think this. I think they're safe. Yeah, yeah. They have nothing. Those kids, literally, everything they possessed was probably in <laughs> a little container like this.
And that's probably why you do keep small amounts there all the time. Yeah. And they always keep the food locked. Well, hey, we will be around afterwards, and so we want to be sure and give you plenty of time to finish your it's, – it's 11 o'clock, so I've, we've gone a little more than we should have. So thank you, and I do, do really appreciate your prayers. And, and also there is a brochure back there with – Thank you so much. I want you all to stay right here, if you would, for just a second. Um, a couple of things we'd like to do. Last week, as I shared with you, we did bring the, um, the well before our church and just asked if anybody could give uh, to give towards that. And we do, this morning, we do have the money for the, to finish out the well. And um, actually, more than was given, more than what was needed was given. So whatever, however the orphanage needs to use the excess money that's here, please do. But this church right here, just in one small plea, raised $840 for the well. And so we hope that that's just the first step towards a lot of other things that we can do. We're in the infant stages of this partnership, so we don't even know how much we can do, either on a monthly basis or anything yet. So we're just kind of walking through this, and this is just our first step uh, through this partnership. So I would like for you to have this, all right? Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. And uh, when you said a minute ago that the, um, the deaf and dumb kids, um, a lot of them didn't have a name because it had no worth, it just brings it full circle to the gospel to me because, because we had no name either until Christ gave us one. And um, we were not wanted either until Christ wanted us. And so it's just an awesome thing to see what you guys are doing. So right now I want to pray for you. I want to pray for the orphanage and pray for Emmanuel. I'm going to ask Deemer to come up here right now. Um, Deemer's our other elder, and he's going to stand up here with us. And I'd also like to invite anyone else in the church that would like to just come up. We're going to have Kay, I'm going to have you stand over here with Keith. And we're just going to I want to lay our hands on, on Kay and Keith and just pray for them. And anyone else that would like to do that can this morning. So just come on up here, and when, um, when we're ready, I'll pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you, Lord. Um, as I was listening today, a lot of things hit me, but when they began to talk about the children who were deaf and dumb, it really hit me hard. Um, because um, the whole, everything that's going on there and everything that the Naps are doing and that Lifesong is doing is just a, a picture of the gospel. So God, I pray this morning that um, that you would just use our small church. God, I feel overwhelmed. We have things we need to do right here we have families that have needs right here and god we don't want to forget about those needs but also lord you've brought this uh, partnership before us god i believe with all my heart after a lot of prayer that this is what we are to be doing right now and so god i just thank you for that and i pray father that you would guide us through this process give us wisdom to know how to minister to uh, this orphanage to the naps and through life song but, God, right now, I just want to lift up the naps to you. I thank you, Lord, for their commitment. They're willing to give of their time and their service um, just to minister to those who are helpless and hurting, to those who are fatherless. God, I pray for uh, Emmanuel and Ramona. God, I thank you, Lord, for the witness that they have there for Christ. This isn't just an orphanage. It's also a place where the gospel is being proclaimed to these children. Lord, I pray for Ramona and pray for Emmanuel. God, just pray that you give them safety and give them wisdom. As they use these funds that come in, Lord, give them wisdom on how to use it in a God-honoring way.
God, I pray for the 60 children, Lord. I don't know any of their names right now. But Father, you do. And so, Lord, I just pray for them. I pray for the youngest ones. As I was looking at those pictures, the youngest ones, it looks so so little and so innocent. Um, yet, Father, they've got such a struggle ahead of them, such a life of difficulty. And so, God, I pray that this orphanage can relieve that, can change that, can change those courses. And, Lord, for the older children, which are now facing within just a few years being on their own, God, I pray that you would just put the pieces in place that they can um, live for you and, Lord, they can be protected. God, I do pray for all these children. They all have dreams, some to be a doctor, some to be missionaries. God, you are a God who brings um, dreams into our lives, and you make them come true according to your will. So, God, I pray, Lord, that you just do a miracle through this organization, Life Song, through the NAPS, and through the Master's Home of Champions there in Liberia, and Emmanuel and Ramona. We pray all this in the name of our Lord and Savior who adopted us, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, y'all may be seated, and we're going to sing one, one last song. And um, just go out of here singing praises to our Lord and King. He is a mighty God. He's mighty to do miracles in Liberia. And he's mighty to do the greatest miracle, which is to save us sinners who deserve nothing but hell. He saved us because he's mighty to save us.